Sunglasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're ticking off another box on the 2022 Reading Glasses, Reading Glasses Challenge. Read a book by an AAPI author. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Okay, here's why I love the glasses, is that <laughs> I read a series called The Books of Babel, and I was talking about them, and I said, wow, I can't wait for the next one to come out. And someone was like, Bria, you dum-dum. It's already out. And so I am in it, and they were correct, that person. I don't know who you were. <laughs> it came out in November. Um, thank you for letting me know. Um, so I'm reading The Fall of Babel by Josiah Bancroft. Um, it's the final book in the series. It's really fucking long. It's a honker. I think, I can't remember when I opened it up, I was like, wow, okay. I guess I'm reading this for the next 12 hours. Um, <laughs> it's... I, y'all, I love these books. It feels like I have that feeling when I open them where I'm like, ooh, I'm going on this adventure. I'm in the Tower of Babel. Like, I feel, like, so connected to these characters at this point. If you haven't read the other books, I don't want to give too much away. But in this one, you make it to the top of the tower and you find out you as if you're on the adventure. I feel like I'm on the adventure. You find out that there's this utopia up there where everything's like made of gold and everything's perfect and it's just right outside there's all the people who kind of keep the tower running called the hods and um you're there with the various characters and it goes into like all the characters you've met so far so you're kind of like that's with somebody else but you're also with Senlin still he's around um and you kind and he's being held sort of captive in this place anyway I don't want to get too much into it if you haven't read the other books but I can't tell people how much I enjoy these books it's totally worth starting this um, if you're looking for a series to start I think it's great the first book itself is great if you just are looking for a solo book but I've just been enjoying them so much I love them it's a great adventure it has a lot to say about I mean it has a lot of imagination there's a lot of stuff about class in it um and it's just a very unique unique adventure story that is coming to an end with um, the fall of Babel. But I'm excited to see how it ends. Uh, Mallory, what are you reading? Oh, I am reading an arc that was made for me, I think. It is called, I texted you about, you and Sean about this last night. It's Florida Woman by Deb Rogers. Nice. And it was blurbed by Joe Exotic, the Tiger King himself. Uh, I don't know how they got him to blurb this book. Yeah, he's in prison, isn't he? Apparently he can receive arcs, but this book... (laughs) It is. It says it's made for fans of authors like Kevin Wilson and Karen Russell. And it is, I mean, you know how much I love a Florida book. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the most Florida book of all time. Uh, it's about this woman and she is in her late 20s and her life is in tatters. She has been convicted of a very sensational crime. You don't know what it is at the start of the novel. It is something, but she has basically gone viral for some, that's why it's called Florida Woman. Because like, it's like one of those headlines, like Florida Woman does, you know, ridiculous thing. Um, and she's got basically, she's gone viral for this absolute absolutely wild outlandish thing that she did but instead of going to jail the court has allowed her to serve out her sentence uh, by doing community service and she gets sent to this um monkey sanctuary in florida and like really in like the humid like like uh almost everglade part of florida and uh she for the next three months has to spend her time there like taking care of these macaques with all the weird women that like work there and she's like okay well this is really weird but I guess I'll, I'll still be able to get my life on track and you know maybe this is for the best until very quickly that when she gets there she realizes there's something dark and weird happening at this macaque sanctuary there's something kind of sinister she thinks that maybe the women that work there are doing sacrifices in the middle yeah, of the wow. night and it's all set against Florida and all like sorts of weird Florida people it is so funny it is so much fun it comes out July 
July 5th, and that is Florida Woman by Deb Rogers. And mine is The Fall of Babel, the fourth in the Books of Babel series by Josiah Bancroft. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Liz wrote in with some follow-up. Thank you for answering my question about e-readers for my autism spectrum kid. We ended up getting his younger brother a Kindle Fire and continuing to let him use his iPad with Libby and Hoopla and used parental controls to lock out games during reading time. Very smart. He's a voracious reader, yay, even at eight, so it's usually not a problem. Actually, you answered his question on your Valentine's Day episode, which also happens to be his birthday. Hey, happy birthday. I just wanted to say thank you again for your podcast. Since I started listening about three years ago, I joined a book club and started a second one, so my social interactions with bookish friends has increased, and I went from reading and listening to maybe a book every two weeks to finishing one every other day. Whoa. Oh, my God. Wow. I quit my job to go to yes. nursing school, so I'm currently reading a lot of textbooks. I never thought a book weight would be in my life, but it's been tremendously helpful in keeping my book open while I take <laughs> notes. I found myself not only ordering nerdy science bookmarks from Etsy, but also laminating them. Very yes. cute. Since my life is currently revolving around reading and learning, the impact of listening to reading glasses can't be overemphasized. Oh my God, Liz, thank you so much. We're so happy to be a part of your reading life. Oh, that's great. Alyssa wrote in and said, first and foremost, I love the podcast and thank you for all y'all do. Second, I felt I should let you know that Mallory's comment of you can find talking bears almost anywhere (laughs) felt very much (laughs) to me like it should be an expression of some kind. Well, after discussing it with a few coworkers, my boss came up with what we feel like is a great use case. People who don't know what the fuck they're talking about and yet act like you do, like, like they do. Hopefully this revelation brings as much delight as it did to us. Okay, wait. Oh my God. So basically... It's like if someone hysterical. someone is saying something kind of like they don't know what they're talking about, like but they're acting like they do, and you can you just go like, yeah, uh huh, and you can find talking bears almost anywhere. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> This is incredible. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, that's great. Uh, lastly, uh, we have Alyssa's wheelhouse because it feels like something you can't not include when writing you guys. That's probably true. Queer and gender or gender non-conforming love stories, books about writers, and what I have deemed existential crisis books. Books about people who are facing down a journey of self-discovery slash rediscovery after having felt like they've lost some part of their identity. Happy or at least hopeful endings always preferred. That's very Ooh. cute. That's a great wheelhouse item. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about books by AAPI authors, we're going to take a quick break. You know, there's one thing that glassers have all told us they really like, and it's Dipsy. Whether it's a warm cup of coffee, basking in the warm sunlight, or listening to a sexy story, pleasure is all around us, and the glassers know that. And with Dipsy, your sanctuary is waiting. Escape into a world where pleasure is your only priority. We've gotten such great feedback about Dipsy. We love that they're a sponsor. This week, we are sponsored in part by Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. You can find stories that uh, include things about your your coworkers, kind of sexy with that British accent, or maybe hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. They even have stories designed specifically for your zodiac sign. It's your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner. You can try new stuff. It's very exciting. Again, Glassers love this. If you've been thinking about joining Dipsy, right now, it's the perfect time to join. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial. That's free. 
when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. That's dipsystories.com slash glasses. Glasses. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in this year's Max Fun Drive. If you're a member who wants to purchase additional patches, our annual shop is now live. The proceeds for this year's sale will be going to Trans Lifeline. Anytime is a good time to donate to Trans Lifeline, but this year it feels particularly important. Trans Lifeline is a nonprofit for the trans community by the trans community. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help Trans Lifeline connect trans folks to the support and resources they need to survive and thrive. The sale will run until Friday, May 20th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the patches from the drive. We also have a special network patch starring Nutsy that all members can purchase. For more information on Trans Lifeline, visit translifeline.org. And for more information on the patches, head to MaximumFun.org slash patch sale. Folks, the Maximum Fun Drive is over for the year, and we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our bookish little hearts. We got 601 new and upgrading and boosting subscribers. We are so, so, so grateful. We are so excited because we unlocked Get Ready, the Readathon. Date to be decided. Stay tuned for that. The Amish Romance Read. We're so excited for this. We have the book picked out. We are going to announce it soon. The live event where we test snacks and see how much residue they leave behind on a book in our fingers. And the quarterly Zoom hangout. We had a Zoom party during the drive, and it was honestly the most fun thing. Getting to see people's faces and see what people are reading and their favorite books of the year or the books that they're most excited about for 2022. It was just awesome. We had an absolute blast. Folks, we cannot thank you all enough for the support. So we'll be announcing the date of the readathon and the first Zoom hangout really soon. And folks, remember the Zoom hangouts are for subscribers only. So we'll be announcing that and sending out invitations to all the uh, subscribers. And if you joined and you haven't done so, remember that to get access to the Slack channel, you must email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Just send us proof of your membership and we will send you a Slack invite. That's how to get access to the Slack channel. So it's not just signing up. You have to actually email us, send us your membership, and then we'll send you the Slack invite. And again, thank you all for such a wonderful drive this year. We had an absolute blast and your support means the world to us. This week, we're taking off another box on the 2022 Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge. Read a book by an AAPI author. May is AAPI Heritage Month, and we're going to be recommending some of our favorite books in different genres to celebrate. And first, though, we just want to do a quick note to say that AAPI stands for Asian American Pacific Islander. So that is, it's a pretty broad term that encompasses a lot of different types of people. Uh, and again, it's Heritage Month. You should check that out. Um, but first, Bria, what is your first book? So I think Mallory and I both want to do a full-on shout-out to Mike Chen, past yeah. guest of the show. And I, 
a favorite of the glassers. Like it's been, it was so interesting during the drive. We kept getting people's wheelhouses, and Mike Chin like books would be on their wheelhouse. Yeah, Mike Chen is a is a wheelhouse item. He's in a wheelhouse himself now, which is so <laughs> like, great. And I just want books like Mike Chen books. <laughs> and uh, it's great because you know Mike Chen, Mike has put out a lot of books in the last couple of years, mostly during the pandemic. I think all during the pandemic, which is wild. And um, yes, uh, but his most recent book is Light Years from Home, which is about. Aliens and family trauma. You know, that old trope of having aliens and family <laughs> trauma. Um, you know. Uh, basically, it's about um, this family where a dad and the brother disappear uh, like 15 years ago. And the dad returns and the brother didn't. And the dad is like, says they were abducted by aliens. And the family kind of breaks apart and deals with it in different ways. One sister denies it. The other and like kind of keeps the family together. And the other becomes this like kind of alien conspiracy theorist. And then the brother shows up again. And you have to figure out, is is it aliens or is it just regular old disappearance? And he does get to it. Uh, Mike Chen does really amazing sort of found family or family sci-fi uh, with like a lot of heart in it. And I just really like his books. And I love that he comes on the show so much. Um, what's your first pick, Mallory? Uh, my first pick is The Forest of Stolen Girls by June Herr. Uh, this is a wicked, fantastic, historical YA thriller so a bunch of things going on, a bunch of wheelhouse items. Uh, so it's about this young woman whose father is a detective and he's gone missing. And again, this, all, this, this is a historical and it takes place in the 1400s. So she, this young woman and travels to the site of this unsolved crime that has sort of like haunted her father for years. And she realizes that his disappearance might have to something to do with a, that crime that haunted him for years, but also something that happened to her and her sister when they were kids. So it all happens in 1400s Korea. So you've got like all this cool historical stuff mixed with this like really compelling and a little bit scary mystery. Like it's almost, it's it's really a thriller because it kind of, it gets really intense, but it's really, really, really good. And if you were a fan of any kind of thriller or, or historical stuff, I think you'd really like it. Bria, what is your next one? Okay, so I'm trying to do books that I don't normally talk about. I feel like there's so many science fiction books I could talk about, but I am going to pick talk about some that I don't get to talk about that often on the show. And I'm going to go with Why Not Me by Mindy Kaling. Um, she's written a couple books, but this one in particular made me really, I, I just liked it a lot. I got a lot out of it, and it gave me a lot of confidence um, about pursuing a difficult and a career in a difficult and trying industry. Um, and I, could sh I can't recommend this enough for people who are in the arts or doing something that's tough and they want a little bit of encouragement. I think it's just a really interesting memoir. She's obviously this very accomplished writer and actor and producer and done all these amazing things. And I just, I don't know, I just think she's super rad and the kind of person we need more memoirs from. What is your next one? Uh, my next pick is also a memoir. It's um, Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong. And it's a memoir about the author's life growing up in America with Korean immigrant parents. And she basically like uses her own story as a lens to view American racism against mm. Asian people. So if you've been seeing, I mean, just the past few, I mean, always, but really the past few years, there's been such a wave of horrific violence against Asian people in America. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for a, a, a book to help you sort of understand it and just sort of read about it this is a great one and i i did listen to this on audio and it was it's fucking incredible it's such a really really good audiobook it's not like not a feel-good read but i think a really really important one if you are someone who's feeling kind of like helpless or um you know you just want to understand this a little bit better and, and read you know an, an actual asian person's perspective on it this is a really really great one what's your next pick uh my next one is the collected schizophrenia by esme wei Jun wong um, which is also a memoir nonfiction book. It is a really, 
I, I, this was, book was so interesting to read. It, it, the author has schizoaffective disorder, and she gets into what her life is like and her what her diagnosis was like, but also into a lot of like nonfiction stuff about what the medical establishment doesn't like agrees on or doesn't agree on when it comes to things like schizophrenia or diagnosing it, treating it, etc. Uh, it, it's just a really great read, and um, she's very open about her life in a way that I found super inspiring and and interesting. Um, yeah, I, it's it's one of those books that um, I think got a lot of attention for a little while, and I, I think for a reason. Um, yeah, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Mallory, uh, what is your next pick? Uh, my next pick is from another dear friend of the show, our author, oh, Sarah Kuhn. I know. I was love... glad you picked Sarah Kuhn because I was going to pick one too, but then <laughs> you did. <laughs> we love all her books, but this one is one of my favorites of hers. It's I Love You So Mochi. Uh, man, I just fucking love this book so much. If you're looking for something that's like really fluffy and sweet and fun, this is the book for you. It's like a good, this actually would be a great book to read right now because it's just a great springtime book about a young girl and she's sort of struggling with like okay well what do I want to do for college you know she has her own dreams of getting into fashion but her mom's dreams for her are to be a painter and she doesn't really know what to do and which path to take so her parents send her to Japan for the summer to stay with her grandparents and she ends up really connecting with her Japanese heritage and she meets a really cute boy and she discovers a lot of things about herself and it's just so adorable and fun and sweet and it's a really great spring book um, I love it so much. Uh, what is your next one? Oh, I, I thought you were going to pick this one. Well, I wanted to talk about a poet because, you know, if you've been listening to the show, you know, the last couple of years I've started reading more poetry. It's been very exciting. And I'm going to talk about a poet I like named Rupi Kaur. Um, her work has lots of things I love. Short little poems. Subjects like about personal stuff, stuff about relationships and love, which I love. And drawings. Little sketches. <laughs> Rhea loves a drawing. <laughs> So I'm like, ooh, I see what you're talking about. It's a flower. You're talking about a flower, and uh, it's on the page, too. So it's uh, everything I need all in one place. Her poetry is super accessible. And the book I'll recommend is The Sun and Her Flowers. That was, I think, the first one I read. But um, I just think she's just doing really good poet work out there. For those. So if you're trying to dip your toe into poetry, uh, I could definitely say any one of her poetry books is a great place to start. And what is your second to last one? <laughs> second to last one uh my next pick is spirit hunters by ellen o that's right i can fit a haunted house book into literally oh, any yes. episode that we do uh this is a wicked fun middle grade haunted house book about this asian american family who moves from the city to the country and of course the house isn't like quite what they hoped it was going to be mm-hmm. it's kind of creepy um the main character is the older sister and she needs to figure out what's going on with the house and what is going on with her little brother's really strange behavior before it's too late also uh ellen o the author is either the founder or one of the founders of we need diverse books which is really really cool so if you are looking for more spooky middle grade this is a great book uh what is your last pick so mallory's been recommending a book called the cartographers a lot lately which i also read and loved it was so fantastic but I uh, wanted to draw attention to Peng Shepard, who, who wrote The Cartographers. Uh, her first book, or her book before this, was The Book of M. Because it wouldn't be a recommendations episode without an apocalyptic book for me. I, I tried to get out of my normal categories, but I was like, I gotta get at least one apocalypse you know, in there. We had to do at least one haunted house book and one apocalypse Yeah, book. there this you go. This is reading glasses. This is, this is um, how we do. Uh, this book really stuck with me. Uh, it is about a world in which suddenly someone's, sh- one person, some person's there, like, walking around and then their shadow is gone. And they're like, what? And then a bunch of people's shadows start disappearing. And what happens is that once, once that happens, it's a matter of time for their memories start to disappear. And it creates this apocalyptic scenario. Also, there's a library in it. It is a very, there's a very cool library oh, storyline in this book. Yes, there's a library storyline in this book. 
I loved it. I think she's just a really interesting science fiction writer that is just doing good work out there. Allie, what is your last pick? Man, I, it was so tough for both of us I to know. only pick five for this it episode. It really was. So difficult. Yeah. Uh, so we both try to choose books that we think need a little more press and books that we don't talk about all the time. Uh, so my last pick is How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Jong. And this book, it's a very literary Western, and it's a great pick for people who love language, if that's like your reading mm. pathway slash doorway. Um, so it's set during the American Gold Rush, and it's about these two newly orphaned children of Chinese immigrants as they try to survive in the American West. And it is, oh my God, it is just such a beautifully written book. It's like, ugh. Again, if you are a language person, you have to get this book. Uh, it also incorporates some elements of Chinese mythology, which is really cool, like into the American West. It's just awesome. And um, there's there's a lot of really cool books coming out like this that, because, you, know, you know, the American West is often painted as like this, you know, very white male centric place when it was anything but that. Um, and this one is awesome. Um, so folks, if you want to tell us what you're reading for this part of the reading glasses challenge, or if you have recommendations for us, you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we look at some book tech with a very special guest, that's Bria's mom. We're going to take a quick break. Reading glasses is sponsored in part this week by green chef. Y'all, we love Green Chef. What is Green Chef? You've probably heard of it. It's a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. That's keto, that's paleo, that's vegan, that's vegetarian, that's gluten-free, or maybe you're just looking for more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. And it's the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Y'all have heard us talk about Green Chef, but I was thinking it'd be, it'd be such a great way if you're thinking about changing up your diet, if you're thinking, you know, I I think I'm having, I, I, I want to try something gluten-free. I think I want to be vegan. If you're thinking about changing up your diet, this is a great way to try that out because they're going to craft these delicious balanced dishes for you. They're, everything I've made from them is really great. They have pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices, so you don't have to go to the store and buy like a whole thing of cumin when you really just need like half a teaspoon. It's amazing. And they always are changing the recipes. They offer 24 recipes that literally change all the time. So you never get bored. Mallory and I both loved it. I uh, like to eat gluten-free and plant-based. There's always stuff for me. Every time I order, there's always new stuff. There's always stuff I'm really excited about. It helps me save time. It's my least favorite thing to finish my day and then go, oh no, I have to figure out what to get for dinner. And I find that sometimes I order out, which is expensive and not as healthy. This is much better. Green Chef is great. So go to greenchef.com slash glasses 130 and use code glasses 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's a lot of money, y'all. That's greenchef.com slash glasses 130 and code glasses 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Glasses 130. Hey, this is Alden Ford. And Mujan Zafagari. And we are here with all the other creators of Mission to Zix. Hello. Hello. You're not going to say our names, too? No, no. It's a no. short promo. Yeah. yeah okay. sort of speech, now, right? with the end of our fifth and final season just a few weeks away, we want to say thank you to Maximum Fun and to every single one of you who has listened to and supported Mission to Zix. Thank you. And if you haven't checked it out, well, Mission to Zix is an improvised space opera with blockbuster quality sound design, a score performed by an actual 60-piece orchestra, and hilarious guest comedians on every episode. And as our final episodes air, now is the 
perfect time to jump on board? Mm -hmm. That's Mission to Zix, Z-Y-X-X on Maximum Fun. for a very special book tech segment. I am here, this is Bria, with my mom. Yay! <laughs> okay. Um, mom received a very special present from her sister, my aunt, and you want to tell people what the present is. Yes. It is a remote control device to turn the pages of your Kindle, and the brand is C-U-C-U-U? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seems right. That looks right. Okay. And you want to describe so this was a very popular this was very popular on book Twitter, book Insta, inst whatever, all the popular social media sites. Um and my aunt is very popular in her Peloton group, correct? Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So will you describe what it is and what it does? Yes. There are two pieces to it. There's a little clip-on thing that you clip onto your Kindle. And then there's a remote control that has two buttons, and it was really easy to set up. Wait, it, wait, and, and tell everyone what's called the whole name, the whole name. I think that will help people understand what this is. Uh, it's, okay, it's right. It's on the box. There you go. Yep. It's called a remote control page turner. Page turner. For your Kindle, it turns the pages of your Kindle for you by remote, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, and the whole idea is that if you're snuggled up under your blanket and you have your Kindle, like, propped up on your, what's that thing called? A, a book, a book bu buddy? A book buddy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's the thing Mallory tracks on. What is it called? Like a, like poof, a, a poof. poof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poof. Um, if you have it there and then you're all snuggled up and you have your remote control under the blankets with you, you don't have to bring your your hand out of the covers and get it cold to turn your page. Uh -huh. So I tried it out and um, it's pr pretty unique in that it only goes forward. <laughs> it will not go backwards. <laughs> Even though there are two buttons and, you know. But the you, buttons do the same thing. There's two buttons and they do the same thing. They do okay. exactly the same thing. They are different sizes, yeah. um, but I but they do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, but we were talking, and I do think so. It it's for so you don't get a cold arm. We know this, but we I also think it probably could be used for a person who was unable to turn the page for whatever reason, couldn't move their arm. Um, there, there's probably a lot of uses for this that I, I'm just not, that maybe we aren't aware of because we have full use of our arms. So I think there's, I, I wonder if it like that was the original idea for it, but either way, okay, the reason, the way you're using it, our user, our, our user entry is, uh, don't want to get arms cold, don't want to move your arm, so you just use the remote and you have your book propped up on a book poof or... Uh, like with a book arm, could be a book oh, arm. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. if you had that like attached to your bed or something, yeah. you know, you could also like if you were like knitting or something, I guess you'd have to let go of the knitting in order to press the button. So I'm not really sure that's a good use case scenario. Okay. So it, it came with the remote, the little thing you attach to the book. It looks a lot like a, um, pager. Looks like a pager from the nineties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it also came with little, little caps that you put inside the remote control thingy, right? Because so the hole in the remote doesn't get dirty. 
Exactly. <laughs> they seem to be pretty um, worried about the charging port getting dusty uh -huh. or something. So okay. they have those things. And as a bonus, they have a little lanyard so that you can attach it to the remote control, wrap that around your wrist, and you don't lose the remote control in your bed. Wow. So these were these were very popular on the internet. Um, sold out everywhere. Your your sister got one for you. What is your page out of? We do a page out of page. You know, five out of five. Mm -hmm. You're familiar with the show. I am. Your daughter does the show. <laughs> All right. What is your what is your rating? Five out out of five pages for this. Okay. In Los Angeles, I find it very rare that I need to be snuggled yeah. up under the covers. So I'd say two out of five uh, in Los Angeles. In Portland, it's a, probably a four out of five. And yeah. I would give it a five out of five if it went backwards. Uh -huh. Well, how, how often do you need to go backwards in your Kindle? Pretty often because I forget what Gosh. I've read. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So so did, this is location-dependent page, pages. Um I forgot to ask you what you're reading, and you wrote it down, so I'm going <laughs> to You wanted to be prepared, so you wrote it down. <laughs> uh, which is fair. You read on a Kindle. Sometimes it's hard to forget. Remember. Um, all right. Uh, what are you reading? Okay. This morning, when I answered this question, I— This is the second time we recorded it. I messed it up the first time. I'm sorry. Okay. So this is the second time this morning. Tell us what you're reading this morning. Apparently, you've read another book since then. <laughs> This morning when you asked me, I had just read Present Tense Machine by Gunhild Oyehag, translated by Carrie Dixon, and it was the parallel timeline where the mother accidentally reads a word wrong in a poem, and her daughter, who's riding a tricycle in the front yard, disappears. But since then, is there anything better than reading a one whole book in a day? No, there is not. I have read What Strange Paradise by Omar El Akkad. Oh, cool. It was really good. Oh, good. Uh, sad, but good. Yeah, yeah. Who wrote uh, American, American War? War? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you read that one too. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. What is this? What is this one about? It's about um, a child who washes up on the beach uh, in Greece and uh, is a migrant, and then a teenage girl who helps him uh, possibly avoid being uh, arrested. Hmm. Hmm. Well, fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show, Mom. I appreciate it. Anytime. <laughs> Now let's answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Danielle writes in, I have a question about Barnes & Noble. I was in there a few days ago and I saw a book on the shelf that I didn't end up buying. When I looked it up later, it said it was for pre-order and isn't coming out until the end of March. And I checked multiple places online. This has happened before where I saw a book in the store, but everywhere else it wasn't out yet. What's going on? Bria, what's going on? Well, Mr. Barnes and Mrs. Noble are putting books out <laughs> they shouldn't be putting. <laughs> Man, not very noble, are you now? Um, no, this this happens. This happens, right, Mallory? I mean, depending on where the bookstore is in the country, people get shipments early, and maybe they've got some extra room on their shelves. Maybe they have somebody who's like, I don't know, this is my summer job. I don't give a fuck about what the books when they're coming out. Uh, they just put them out there. Maybe someone is wants them out there early. I don't know, um, but they. This does happen where sometimes you get books on sale um, on a shelf a week or two before their actual publication date. Yeah, I see this pretty frequently, actually. I remember the first time I noticed it, I was in I was in an indie bookstore, 
in Washington, D.C. It was in 2016. Mm. It was when Alexander Chi's Queen of the Night came out. And I remember because it was like Queen of the Night was getting all this buzz. And I saw it in this bookstore. And I was like, oh, my God, this doesn't come out for like another week or two. And I bought it. And I asked a friend who worked in the bookstore. I asked a friend who worked at a bookstore. And she was like, oh, yeah. Because I I was like, oh, my God, I'm this special person who's got this magical book. And she was like, no, this happens all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think unless it's like some new huge budsy book like i'm think when like the harry potter books were coming out or something yeah. like that that no one's gonna put those out early because i think they might actually get in trouble but publishers don't seem to really care if this happens or if they did it'd be so difficult to police unless it is some huge book like that yeah so i guess the question is if you see a book out early should you buy it mallory uh you should probably wait probably mm. um the thing is if that's like your one trip to the bookstore a month or or like whatever just go for it you know it's better to get the book early than not get it at all it's it's much better for the author if all the sales get concentrated on the publication week but this sort of thing just like kind of happens and if like you're not going to go to the bookstore again in a while and you're like i really want this book just get it well here's a question would buying it early count as kind of like the same thing as a pre-order? Because you know all those pre-orders hit on that first day. So pre-orders, yeah. as we've talked about on the show, you they get counted on that first day of the book getting published. So I wonder mm-hmm. if this would count towards that. I don't know the answer to that. I don't actually know because it is a sale. It's an it's, it's an actual sale. It's not a pre-order. Yeah, that's true. So, so I'll, ha- I'll have to ask some of our book industry friends um, to see if where this would count. But again, it's just with, like with a lot of book things, do your best. Like if you know you're going to come back to the bookstore in like a week or two, you can wait. But if not... Just get it. I'd it's buy okay. it. I'd buy it, y'all. I'm sorry. I would just buy it. I mean, <laughs> and then feel so fancy. You're yeah. like, ooh, I got it early. Yeah, why not? But yeah, this is if you see this happening, it's it's not the end of the world. It's something that happens pretty frequently. It's just, you know, again, this honestly, I think it wasn't until really the Harry Potter books that people really started to pay attention to, to publication dates. Yeah. You know, and now, especially with like series and stuff, like, you know, the Fifty Shades of Grey books or like Sarah J. Moss or Lee Bardugo, like some of the big series now, it's like a huge deal with you know when the book comes out but that's kind of a recent phenomenon yeah yeah i could see this happening more and if it's a smaller book yeah they're probably not paying attention to the publication date no but so yeah do your best but if you want that book buy that book Mm -hmm. Uh, if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your bookish question you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com as always we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our facebook group and chrissy and rachel who moderate our goodreads page remember if you want to show off your bookishness and support reading glasses you can buy totes and shirts and all kinds of fun merch over at our void merch store there's a link in the show notes and if you like the show please rate and review us on whatever podcast app thing that you listen to us on it really is great for us it helps us reach more listeners it helps us get more advertisers it also makes us feel really fancy about ourselves you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading, reading.